everybody. This is Stephanie Luper. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we reinvigorate and reinvest ourselves in discussions about what it means to be human. Now, today is episode number 17X. It'll be a brief one. Um, I am super excited. Of course, as ever in these shorter episodes, I have a winner to announce for a giveaway. Uh, you will see here, for those of you who watch these on YouTube, I have a collection of books that I very much adore. And I like to I like to give them away. And so I am very excited to start today's episode giving away a copy of this of a book, of whichever book, I invite you to check out the books that I give away on my website, stephanierupert.com slash book giveaway. You can read all about those and then all you have to do is select one and email me a screenshot of a review you write for the podcast. You can email those to tmoeverything at gmail.com. Uh, this week's winner, his name is Joe Bateman. I'm very excited. Please, uh, I don't know, congratulate him if you see him on the street. I have already emailed Joe. Everything is all set up and we're ready to go. So that's exciting. I'm very happy to share those things with you. Today's episode, I want to talk about, you know, I've been reflecting a lot on mindfulness and I actually have a rant. Probably I could do a very long rant about practices and the way people talk about mindfulness these days. I will shelve that for now. I was thinking about it a lot because in our most recent episode, uh, we talked a lot about contemplative practice, about compassion, about becoming more aware of yourself, your circumstances, your surrounding. And I thought a lot about mindfulness. I also thought a lot about trends in our culture and the types of things that we are, that we try to achieve based on our cultural context, you know, whether we think it's contextual or not. And that led me to the question, to wanting to talk about this idea of purpose. What is your purpose in life? It's a very interesting question, and I want to unpack a little bit the history behind the idea and the cultural context. And I'll say a few things about my thoughts about it. You know, what, what do we do? You know, what do you do now that you know the history? And so hopefully I'll be able to bridge a little bit, talk a little bit both about the intellectual stuff, you know, the, the interesting history stuff, and also practical day-to-day -day things like what you can possibly do about that sort of thing. Uh, so the idea of having a purpose is, in the way that we do it today, is very new. Uh, it's just a few decades old, if that. And it has come to us from a long history, and that has two main threads. One of these threads is something that we've talked about a little bit before when I did a podcast on differences, things we could learn about happiness, East versus West. I think that was 10X. And now we have, we live in the West. We live in a hyper-individualistic culture. And this comes to us from religious history, actually. Uh, it derives from, in part, the period in Western history called the Protestant Reformation. Now, this was when, and I've talked about this also, we talked about it at length in 4X, I believe. The Protestant Reformation was a time in which people first began questioning the authority of the church and interpreting the Bible on their own terms. 
and this was accompanied by the distribution of printing presses and the acceleration of people reading and writing on their own. And so people essentially just began to trust their own reasoning more. And all of these different ideas flourished. And this also rose, of course, alongside an increasingly capitalistic economic system. And so these things coupled with a lot of different other uh, movements towards discipline and work ethics and all the like, we ended up in a, in a hyper-individualistic society here in the West. And freedom, you know, adoring, adoring freedom, political freedom. And that is a really big piece of this idea of purpose because when you look at more collectivistic cultures, people do tend to do more what's better for their group, what's better for their community, what's better for their family. Uh, you do follow more. There's less anxiety inherent in those processes, at least a different form of anxiety, right? Uh, because here in the West, people, there's just this obsessive discourse about trying to figure out what your dream is, trying to figure out who you are and, and what you're going to do with your life and how you're going to act. And this is where even I haven't even discussed how we define ourselves by our jobs, but we absolutely define ourselves by our jobs as well here in the West, which is interesting. So we have this hyper-individualistic culture, and that's that's a really really big piece of this question of, of what is your purpose. You know, we have to understand that in most cultures around the world, actually in much more uh, collectivistic cultures, the question takes a much different shape. You know, your purpose would be say in a Confucian system, which is pervasive throughout China. In Confucianism, the answer would always be to be in right relationship, to function harmoniously, with your systems of government or and or religion and or family, all of these different things, and you do how you how you fit into that. Now, this other thread that I wanted to talk about historically, also very fascinating, is where meaning comes from. So, for the vast majority of Western history, meaning, value, purpose, all these sort of nebulous ideas that we talk about a lot nowadays, these things used to come just directly from God, right? You did what this transcendent source of meaning told you to do, or that you inferred that they told you to do through your priest or through your reading or what have you. And of course, many people today still pray and, and do this Thing, do whatever, you know, what they discern they're being told to do or is the right thing to do. But what's very fascinating is that throughout Western history, we always, there was one option until a few hundred years ago, that is, until the Protestant Reformation. There was one option and we had this source of meaning and it was a given. There was very there have been atheists throughout history, but they were once a very small minority of people. And you believed the worldview that you inherited, and you you had no reason to question it. And so you had this transcendent source of meaning. And then slowly over the course of a few hundred years, starting with the Protestant Reformation and being influenced by the development of science, 
God in religious systems was pushed more to the margins or supernatural ideas, ideas that we now think of as supernatural. We didn't once think of them as supernatural. They were once natural. But ideas that we now think of as supernatural were pushed to the margins. Traditional religion was on the wane. And again, tied to what I was talking about, about the Protestant Reformation a little bit earlier, people were thinking more independently, you know, relying on their own reason. And so it has come to be the case, and this is an argument that Charles Taylor makes in his 2007 groundbreaking book, A Secular Age. It came to be the case that our sources of meaning became internalized. We became subjective. And in that sense, I mean, based within our own viewpoint, we no longer had this objective outside of a source of meaning telling us what to do or what to believe in or what to value but we have to decide for ourselves and we know that there are tons of options. So even if we decide that we're going to listen to God or whomever or whatever, we're doing that knowing that we have other options. So there's a lot of pressure, even if it's subconscious and or anxiety or what have you, about whether what we're doing is right, about making a choice that is just one among many, about having to figure out what we want to do with our lives. Because again, even if we believe in these things, we still so much are cultured into this internal way, this subjective way of, of thinking. And so how, do, so how does that influence the way that we think about uh, what we should be doing with our lives, about our purpose, about our meaning? Um, it's important to know these things because it helps contextualize. I think it helps us make sense of what we might be feeling. You know, I can't tell you how many people, pretty much everybody I've ever met in my life has really struggled with the question. I'm going to correct that. Not everybody I've met in my life, but the majority of people that I have met in the West and particularly young people has wrestled anxiously, you know, with angst and drama with, with what the right thing to do is for their life, with what their purpose is. But when we understand that these ideas about needing to find a purpose and the great pressure we feel to do that, when we understand how they're built into us culturally, like I hope that I've just sort of outlined for you briefly, then perhaps we can look at other options. You know, maybe we don't have to do it that way. And also, very importantly, maybe we don't have to do it in a such a pressurized singular fashion where we have to find the one thing very early and stick with that thing you know that's that's not necessarily realistic and again even when we know these things it's still it's it's hard to get outside of them i mean look at me like i i can't i can't say that i have deconstructed and moved beyond this idea i am the epitome of somebody who wrestles with you know great tumultuous despair sometimes who wrestles really deeply with this question of purpose and how to live and what's my dream and how do i follow my dream and 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 doing it you know so that's an option you can do that but another thing that i have done and here i'll just do the advice portion of the evening morning where whatever time you're in I think perhaps the best way to do this is to entertain the question of how you can best take your personal interests, A, and B, skills, 
how you can use these things together. You know, it's important to meditate on that, but to not force yourself to find one specific thing, but rather try to be a good person, do a career that's interesting to you, that feels good to you, and always be aware of how you might want that to change, you know, how you might want to explore something else or commit to something else or find something that resonates with you more. I do really believe that the more we love something, the better work we do. You know, Howard Thurman, a theologian, once said, and I, and I love this quote, and I say it all the time, every time I'm giving somebody advice on what to do with their life, he says, don't think about what the world needs. Think about what makes you come alive and then go out and do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I think that's really great and really beautiful and poignant. And maybe it's just a rationalization for all those of us who, you know, do what we want to do. But I think that's important. But I also think that those things can change over time. I don't think that we need to be nouns. You know, you don't need to be a nutritionist or you don't need to be a professor or you don't need to be a police person. You know, you don't have to be a noun. You can be a person who does actions, right? And those things can change over time. And that's why, that's why I, I like to take that approach. I've done many different things in my life and I anticipate that I will continue to. And it's okay to change. And as a matter of fact, there have been movements recently in culture where people are changing what they do a lot more. And that's being more valued in the workplace. You know, there was once a time when people started their jobs in their early 20s and then they stuck with them for decades. But nowadays, people are uh, moving every couple of years, taking different jobs every couple of years. The number of, now I should have pulled up statistics for this, but I didn't know I was going to talk about it. Uh, the number of people who switch jobs, you know, in, in, in their 20s a number of times has increased, both uh, the people who do it, the number of that, and the number of jobs they take. You know, it's like five or five on average, which is just new. So anyway, the question of purpose in life is very cultural. It's very much a part of our hyper-individualistic, westernized world in which traditional religion has been deconstructed. You know, who would have, who would have thunk? Uh, but it's, it's important and fascinating. And really just the most important thing is to uh, be good, I think. Do what you do well. Make sure you try to take care of people while you do it. I think it's important to do something that's good for the planet, you know. But other than that, you know, that's, that, that's all that we need. We don't, we don't necessarily need the, the purpose and the dream stuff. But if you've got one, then definitely, definitely go for it. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing the advice portion. I've got some other podcasts to record. So I'm going to get to those. Thank you so much for listening as ever. I very much deeply appreciate it. If you have anything to share, any comments, critiques, what have you, uh, drop a review. I would love to read it there. Or you can email me at tmoeverything at gmail.com. Uh, that would be great. That would be very lovely. I am uh, very much looking forward to next week. I'm going to have some really, really great guests on coming up. So uh, stay tuned. All right. That's episode 17X. Take care. I'll talk to you next time.